0: Hey everyone, this is Rod Buskus uh, speaking. I just want to remind all you pilots out there to take the uh, HAL MEC contract survey. It's very important um, for everyone uh, to do this because it's really about your future. So please take it.
1: Aloha, welcome to Talk Story, a podcast for the pilots of Hawaiian Airlines. It's been a few weeks since ALPA President Joe DePete sent the opening letter to Hawaiian Airlines management, formally opening Section 6 negotiations. What does this mean and what do we make sense of it? Well, we've got three guests to help us out. Joining us today is ALPA Chief Negotiator Bruce York, HALMEC Negotiating Committee Chair Captain Doug Grant, and as always, HALMEC Chairman Captain Larry Payne. Hey, guys. How you doing?
2: Pretty good. How you doing? How are Sean yeah. Lee?
1: Larry, you guys uh, just wrapped up day two of a uh, MEC meeting. Uh, what's been going on uh, at the MEC offices uh, lately?
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, we always look forward to these MEC meetings. Uh, this one's uh, good because we're kind of back in the swing of things with doing in-person meetings. We've got, uh, as you can see, Bruce is out here from National. Brett, our contract administrator, is here. Uh, Pat Cruz. So it's good to have everybody in the office getting some good work done. Um, Working hard on our strategic plan. Um, You know, I've said it before. Uh, We had a strategic plan when we took office a couple years ago. I think we got, what, two meetings in before COVID hit? I think we were just, we just wrapped up our second MEC meeting when COVID hit. And so that strategic plan kind of went into the, the gurgler and time to redo so. so
1: when you when you say strategic planning like how
0: detailed do these things get like how um how, how what are
1: you looking at how far in the future do they go
0: i'm going to turn it over to the professional at the strategic plan bruce york
2: well thanks larry <laughs> um it's nice to be out here i think uh, my last big trip before covid march of last year was right here working with the mec and uh, That's it's right. nice to be back you know i i strategic planning is um, different than some people think it's not project management it's really trying to understand where we are today um, think about how the world will be different in the future um, understand what our goals are and and try and understand what the opportunities to complete those goals and what the obstacles are for completing it and then assign tasks and make sure we're benchmarking our work successfully um and we do that in organizations like this and particularly when we're approaching or in the middle of negotiations
0: we want to know where we're going three years from now four years from now five years from now I think it's important too Bruce said something there I just want to touch on quickly although we're out of the pandemic we're coming out of the pandemic and and things are recovering it's still going to be kind of a new environment for the way Airlines operate, so it's important. You know, it's not going to look the same if it ever does again. It certainly won't for a, a little while, so you have to adjust your your plan uh, according to that.
1: And Bruce, as a chief negotiator, you work with uh, most. Alpha properties and and you know you've flown a great distance to come out to honolulu and and be with us uh, just just for people listening in five words or less what do you do yeah, five words or less
2: well i'll try and condense 41 years of work into five <laughs> words or less <laughs> um you know it, it's really funny i i um i did start at Alpha in 1979 I um, worked with a number of smaller carriers, worked with bigger carriers, um, ended up in the entertainment industry leading big multi-employer negotiations for actors and broadcasters and recording artists for 10 years, then came back to help in 2000. My life is, has been about negotiations and problem solving, generally labor relations and planning uh, for, resolving labor relations issues in negotiations
1: and outside of them doug we're in the thick of it now first surveys come out uh we're we're slowly turning on the negotiating machine how are you feeling you getting sleep still or what's what you're gonna war or what this is
3: a grind yeah yeah and the as the the key word that you just uh, stated was the the survey um as you guys heard I'm, heard from me every time I seem to talk on anything is I implore everyone to take that survey. And I'm just going to start saying survey just constantly. So psychological. Just psychological psychological. It's a psychological. Like, it's like yeah. a prison
1: joke where you just say the number <laughs> and everyone laughs. That's right.
2: That's yeah. exactly You know,
1: I'm it. a new hire here. So is it true that you'll show up at uh, in, uh, the house of a pilot who doesn't do the survey and oh, yeah. haunt them in their sleep? Oh yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. I'd be knocking on their windows at That's 2 a.m. Right. <laughs>
3: Just saying survey. And just survey. why
1: is it important?
3: Because that's how your voice is going to get heard. You, you, you know, yelling at a rep in the in the locker room is not going to have your voice heard. It's If you do the survey, that is how we read everybody's comments, um, those data points, that uh, ranking, uh, the number ranking that's in the survey is critical because... You can't have everything as, a, as your most important. And so by using that ranking system that allows you to, t- to tell us what is most important to you, what's second,
1: third, fourth, fifth, what's worth nothing to you. In my head, the big ticket items will always get the attention for a negotiations process. But then the things that we rank third, fourth, and fifth, I think are the ones that somewhat are the most hard fought sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, everybody's going to put pay. I mean,
3: it's rare for me to see, well, Bruce has got 41 years. I'd be curious if on a survey, has pay ever been not number one?
2: Um, There are occasions where it isn't, um, where um, scope or job security or quality of life or work rules or even some benefits, which are really falling short of the mark, are ranked more highly because people are in a, a world where pay has been improved, and and they really focus on some of those other things.
0: I, th- I think it's important too to quickly say, even if you're relatively happy with the way things are here, even if you're you don't feel like you want to take the survey, take the survey. Even if you don't feel like you mm-hmm. want to say much, and say Doug, you're rel- Doug said, That's say, right. Doug say mentioned, you're happy and you're, yeah, say you're happy. That's important to hear. Doug mentioned data points. We need the numbers. We need the data points. If you're happy, we need to hear you're happy. What you're happy about, what, I mean, don't just say nothing. Say something. We're coming out of a weird time, though. After
1: COVID, uh, people taking the survey at this point in time have the pandemic on their back of the mind. Are we, are we worried about that in the data we're receiving in the survey because it's not a normal year.
3: Yes, but most of our
1: pilots are pretty good about
3: looking at the future. Sure. So, you know, the the that 2020 is in the runway behind us. We care about the runway in front of us. And and the pilots recognize that. And they know we're not negotiating for what happened last year. We're actually negotiating for a contract that's going to be in place for 4 to 5 years in the future. So, I I'm, I I am very Comfortable and confident in our pilot group that uh, when they take these surveys, they they take them carefully and,
0: and conscientiously and are going to be looking at what the future is about. That dovetails into strategic planning, right? I mean, you're looking at where are we going to be? Five years.
2: Yeah, it's really,
0: it's really funny, Larry. I mean, right? Maybe only me
2: uh, in the world is interested in 40 years of negotiating history. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I really look in five and 10-year increments or blocks, and. You know, I think I really could go back to, you know, 1980 if we wanted and and think about how deregulation affected those five years and then how the next five years are what they were characterized by and then the post 9 11. I think, I think we look at bargaining, as Doug was saying, and for uh, a big Section 6 negotiation with a view of what does this cycle look like and what does the next cycle look like and what things should we be doing now and how should we position ourselves for even the next negotiation. If you think about it as a pilot with a, a 30-year career and you have just roughly and you have a contract every three, four or five years, you really only have six or seven opportunities to negotiate over your career. And and so you really wanna take advantage of those opportunities and think about how does this step influence the next negotiation as well as what we live with for the next few years.
3: And our pilots who were on the property in the last contract heard that from me a lot about how when we negotiate, we're not just negotiating for this contract. We're negotiating for the following contracts and putting us in the right position for the next contract and the next contract. Because, as Bruce said, you're going to have five or six
2: contracts. It's not you don't want to you don't want to miss a cycle. You don't right. want to. I mean, misstepping uh, really you lose five years out of that thirty year career. It's very hard to recover. That's exactly yeah. it.
1: Can someone give me just the basic top? down overview. I want to take a step back for, for our new hires like me, that uh, the whole process of section six negotiations, we're past the opening date, we're in the kind of data collection phase. What happens from here and what can we expect going down the road?
3: So going down the road, we're, we're, we are we've had our official section six opener, which is a regulatory paperwork thing um,
1: that's just a letter saying hey we want to negotiate
3: we've we've sent a letter to the to, to Peter Ingram says "Per our contract we are commencing negotiations that's all it said that's it that's it and um, you know we are being very conscientious and in, in progressing in a, in a in a methodical way and right now we're in as you said we're doing the survey we're meeting with the company we meet in the com- with the company in two weeks and we're gonna deal with uh, you know, contract cleanup, LOA integration, looking some big picture things that are more conceptual, that take a lot of time. So um, you know, it's it's a long process. As I said earlier, it's a grind. It is not this is a section six negotiations and not something that's gonna happen in two to three months. It's it's it takes a year. And and
2: a lot of it, Sean, is really counterintuitive. We've all been in negotiations of different kinds. We buy cars, we buy houses, we, um, you know, have other businesses. It's really collective bargaining is much different than lots of other negotiations. I used to have um, one of my favorite R and B artists, who will remain unnamed in the entertainment industry, used to tease me all the time. He was on our negotiating committee. with recording labels, and he said, "Bruce, when are we getting to the big stuff?" He didn't use the word "stuff." Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you fill in the word he <laughs> he used. Um, and his question was, "When you know what about all this little stuff? You know, when are we getting to pay and the key elements?" and And it became a running joke with us. But in truth, there's a lot of stuff in the contract that matters to people, and it may not be intuitive, but you don't start right in on the big stuff. Um, because if you did and you solve that, you didn't, that would be it. No one would be care about some of the other yeah, stuff and it wouldn't right. get done. So it's really important to build to a point. Um, it's also really important to try and focus negotiations so they don't take years and you miss the cycle. So there's a balance between dealing with things that are essential but not going overboard um, in getting to the things that really matter. Let,
1: let's talk about timing a little bit because uh, we're just on the back, on the recovery side of, of COVID, and there are some airlines that were negotiating during Alaska, United. They were yeah. negotiating during the pandemic. Does yeah. that put us in a advantageous spot or are we worse off? Or Yeah, that's a really good
2: question. And, you know, we won't know the sort of the last chapter until everyone is – you know, further along in the cycle. But again, it's it's been surprising how rapid the recovery is. Airlines acknowledge it. They're way behind the curve in terms of capacity. Um, many of them have no more net debt than they did going into COVID. That is, they took on a lot of debt, but turned cash positive pretty quickly. So um, it's not as dire a situation at all as a lot of folks were expecting. And the trouble is pilots, uh, I think, see that and their expectations are back to close to their 2019. Uh, old levels, but companies are still living with holy cow, how did we survive this you know, catastrophic event? They did and they came out of it pretty well. Um, so I, I think, Sean, the, the bargaining going forward is gonna be different everywhere. And it's again, it's gonna be a little counterintuitive And by that, I mean, ULCCs, leisure carriers like Hawaiian, um, smaller carriers, not the big guys, actually probably came out of COVID in a little bit stronger position. They actually, there is more debt on the big guys and they're also not taking advantage of business travel as fully. Um, So negotiations, On carriers like Hawaiian may move forward um, more easily than they will on the big guys. The picture is still, you know, a little rockier. In the past, right, we might have done. Uh, set patterns in this yes. cycle at the bigger carriers and tried to conform to them at smaller carriers. I'm not sure this time that smaller carriers aren't going
0: forward themselves first. Sure, right. And, and we kind
1: of have to... Down everything it, like 2020, Everything right. just sure. flipped on its head. And we yeah. have, who,
0: who would have thought we'd end up on the fortuitous side of <laughs> anything, right? <laughs> well, it's going to be a fun executive board. <laughs> <part>. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I mean, we have to really,
2: and that goes back to your question there about Planning. I mean, we really have to look at the environment, see how it's changing, be flexible enough to take advantage, not be tied up in the way we always did things and instead look for opportunities, complete goals.
1: Um, since we're talking about, you know, the, the after effects of the pandemic, Larry, we we signed, uh, what is it, 13 LOAs? 14, Fourteen. Fourteen, Fourteen LoAs or, or 15. During the pandemic. Some of the bigger ones were like the easel, peasel, early retirements, uh, extended leaves. Just talk about how all that sacrifice during the pandemic will help push us through the the, uh, negotiation process.
0: So first of all, it, it seems like poor Doug and his guys have barely had a chance to come up for air from those 14 LOAs. And here we're now straight into section six. So they've been around the clock now for two years and it's, gonna get worse I mean I fear for those guys it's gonna be around the clock I know Doug I've known Doug for a long time I know how he operates I can tell you that there's nothing that Doug's done in those LOAs that hasn't set us up for what we're trying to accomplish moving forward Doug is always thinking of and I think he said it on this podcast numerous times thinking ahead thinking of the next step what's next what's coming after this how is this going to help us after this so I think whatever we've done in the last year LOA wise to help us claw our way out of this pandemic even though that was done to deal with this specific situation he's also thought of it as okay what what do we need to do here that's going to help us there and uh, that's the way they work I mean it's it's a process and and he's always thinking of how can how is this going to work then how is this going to work now so um. Yes, it had to be dealt with then, but it wasn't just for then.
1: Interesting enough, though, I think maybe going into Section Six, it, it's an easier process than going from LOA to LOA. Would you would you say it that, or is it the same kind of grind? Oh, I'm just gonna say survey, but um,
3: <laughs> you, you know, it is. It, uh, I actually think the last year was harder than Section Six because with Section Six, you can kind of game plan. Okay. We're going to deal with this subject, you know, for the next two months. And we're going to deal with this subject. And so you can get your subject matter experts up in line and you can, you know, think about having more time, right? Last year, things are just thrown at you and it's like, well, you got a week to solve this problem. And you, you, you spend a week trying to solve the problem and you're thinking, okay, you know, you're, you're getting through that. And all of a sudden you're not actually, you're not even through it yet the next problem pops in and now you're thinking, okay, how do I game plan that dealing with this current problem? We already seeing the next problem start to arise. It becomes a really hard thing to do because there's no, there I hate to say that really hard for me to say there was no planning.
0: There, well, and there's no playbook. There's yeah, there's no it was playbook. It filling holes in a dam pretty well, much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, no playbook. It, and, and we're not alone. Yeah. I mean,
3: you know, Larry, gives the the nc a lot of credit every nc at every property was doing the exact same thing everybody kind of talked about comparing it to section six and it's like this isn't
2: this is crazy i just think it's encouraging to be out of that period this fast to be planning for the future who would have thought have a routine um predictable schedule for bargaining with an airline that's making money again and functioning you know like it used to. And, uh, you know, that's a better environment than having multiple emergencies
1: thrown at you every yeah. week. What can a line pilot do to stay involved and stay engaged uh, during our uh, negotiations process? Survey. <laughs> uh, so, um, the shameless plug. <laughs>
3: unsolicited
0: testimonial
1: (laughs) no you're not gonna plug my all-pilot call doug absolutely that's the (laughs) next
3: most important thing is the all is the communications you know we have our communications going out by print we have our all-pilot call i think um the mec right now is going to uh, be going to once a month uh, on the all-pilot call and if 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 negotiations start ramping up, and we need to get more stuff out to the pi- uh, pilot group, we'll have more uh, all-pilot
1: calls. We got people in the lounge. Larry, you want to talk about that a little bit? We, we just bumped Sam yeah. Strobel up yep. to uh, uh, P2P S- chair. Sam,
0: Sam Strobel is our new P2P chairman. Um, great guy. So all the... Hate mail and complaints
1: go to him. They, they all go Stroba to him. Yeah, pilot <laughs> to <laughs> pilot. Exactly. Samuel
0: Strobel. That's yeah, alpha. Samuel Strobel. Um, Yeah, we, you know, we've got P2P guys. We worked with the negotiating committee guys. We decided, hey, let's do something we haven't done before to, to try to get more data on the on the survey. survey. And we put P2P guys. <laughs> There's Doug again. Survey. <laughs> Even in the background. Um, we put P2P guys in the lounge, and you know, they've only been doing it for two days now. Yeah, I just think two days. today's day two. But we talked to Sam today um, on the phone, and he says he's getting good feedback. It's, they're getting good numbers, and people are interested. And, and listen, I'm going to make a, a, a plug here. I think some of you have probably started the survey and not finished it. The survey, you got on, you took a look at it, you answered a few questions, you didn't finish it. If you haven't finished it, please, please, I'm begging you. Go in, finish the survey. Whatever you want to say, say it. Like I said before, it doesn't matter one way or the other, but just finish the survey.
3: And if you keep getting emails, uh, you say, oh, I, I did the survey, but you keep receiving those emails saying, do the survey, it's because you didn't complete it. So if the emails stop about conducting the survey, directed right to you, then that means you've actually completed the survey. So those emails are targeted people who have not started or not completed the survey. And the other last thing we're going to do, we did ask the MEC um, today about doing our um, NC sit and chats or sit and drink uh, that we did our last contract. So starting probably November, we'll start having small group um, chats um, at different parts on Owa- different parts of uh, of the island on Oahu. We'll also be going out to the outer islands. That's going to be like a once a month um, sit and chat. Uh, yeah, and I was and just going to
0: say for all of you that have emailed and texted me saying you want an outer island, Maui. they're coming to a island they're near you.
3: We will be. we definitely going to be doing Maui. Definitely doing the Big Island. Um, not sure about Kauai. Molokai. Uh, I can guarantee you, it's <laughs> not going to be Molokai. <laughs> <laughs> if know, i have to get on a different airline
0: <laughs> i'm not to going to get to the public <laughs> yeah, i yeah. flew
1: from okula for two years <laughs> bruce why don't we wrap it up by talking about the importance of uh pilots being uh, involved or at least informed uh sure. during the negotiation process yeah well
2: the the, the most important thing is i've Probably never seen an MEC chairman beg before. So now that you got your MEC chairman begging you to complete the survey, you know, you got to take advantage of that. Yep. There's so a first for everything. That's right. I think the basic issue is people generally won't fight for something they don't understand, right? I mean, that's no one does that. Um, so it's really important to read the material, come to these events, talk to folks who've, you know, been doing it for a while. And by the way, um, obviously, if any of your listeners have questions about ALPA or history or bargaining history or what happened at a certain place, I'm happy to answer questions individually of folks. If I get a contact number or an email, I'm, I'm happy to, to get in touch and talk to them about that. Um, so it's super important to have an involved, informed, active, engaged membership. It makes all the difference in the world and in bargaining and bargaining success. Now, Obviously, we have to execute well. We have to have a plan. I think we have all of that. Um, we can't force engagement and, and involvement. We really depend on pilots for doing that. The company pays attention to that and um, responds to that.
1: Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. This has been Talk Story, a podcast for the pilots of uh, Hawaiian Airlines. If you have a question, send us a dart or uh, send an email to halcommunications at alpha.org. Talk stories produced in uh, the HAL MEC office in Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha.
2: Have you taken your contract survey yet? If you haven't, take it today. This MEC may have ESPN, but they don't have ESP.